Hi. Today, I'm speaking directly to you because Future Work is not just a podcast, it's also a weekly newsletter. And here's today's episode A Jobless Future Interrogating Musk's AI Prophecy. At the Charter Workplace Summit, Microsoft's Jared Spatero shared that as an AI leader at Microsoft, he gets access to all their AI tools about nine months ahead of everyone else. His daily experience, therefore, gives us a great view into the real future of work. Jared shared that he doesn't read email anymore. He doesn't even attend most meetings. Instead, he asks Copilot, Microsoft's AI, what's most pressing in his inbox or what happened in certain meetings. Jared predicts that that's exactly how we will work within the next two years. And as Copilot officially rolled out to enterprises last week, the acceleration of AI will likely start soon because the availability of AI and existing enterprise software, rather than in some funky startup, unlocks one of the three key barriers to AI adoption alongside understanding AI benefits and improved digitization of companies. Does that mean we're gonna have a jobless future? Because this AI acceleration leads us to the question, if AI is so good at doing what we currently do, is there a risk that it takes over our jobs completely? Yes, according to Elon Musk. In a conversation with UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, Elon claimed that human labor will become obsolete. He said that AI is the most disruptive force in history and that for the first time we will see something that's smarter than the smartest human. Most depressingly, he added, There will come a point where no job is needed. You can have a job if you want to have a job for sort of personal satisfaction, but the AI will be able to do everything. So. I don't know if that makes people comfortable or uncomfortable. It, it's, it... <laughs> In the same week of Biden's first AI executive order, requiring safety checks and further research, and Kamala Harris's $200 million fund for AI advancements, Musk's comments certainly stirred the conversation. And Musk has been a credible voice in AI for over 10 years. When in 2012, he met Demis Hassabis, the co-founder of DeepMind, which is now Google's AI research lab. In 2015, Elon was the founding co-chair of OpenAI, and he contributed to OpenAI's $1 billion funding, but left in 2018 due to conflicts of interest as Tesla started employing AI technology to fuel the car's self-driving abilities. After leaving OpenAI, Elon became increasingly critical of OpenAI's direction and signed the request for pausing AI development alongside 10,000 others, including Steve Wozniak from Apple. As Elon said in the Sunak interview, I've been somewhat of a Cassandra for quite a while. And Cassandra, I had to look up, was a Trojan priestess who was shared prophecies but was cursed so that no one would believe her. A Cassandra, therefore, is someone who shares concerns about the future but isn't believed. So now to the question, could AI reasonably take over all of our jobs as Elon prophesized? No, according to research from Goldman Sachs that I shared before. Goldman researchers Joseph Briggs and Devesh Katnani found that AI could expose two-thirds of current jobs to some degree of automation, estimating that AI would only disrupt up to 300 million or 18% of all jobs globally. And, they say, not every job is equally affected. The Goldman Sachs research anticipates that AI will automate nearly half of the administrative and legal tasks. And indeed, in a first for the legal industry, we saw AI negotiating both sides of a contract this week. 
But as the study also notes, only a small percentage of tasks in construction and maintenance industries will be affected. New McKinsey research from Quaylin Allingrod and team shows a similar delineation by industry, concluding that AI will take over dull or unpleasant tasks so that people can be left with more interesting work that requires creativity, problem solving and collaboration with others. Speaking of creativity, in an ideal future, AI would augment human capabilities, not replace humans entirely. Futurist Anthony Slumbers said in our interview that this means that we should focus on what makes us unique as humans. Paradoxically, in a highly technological world, need to become technologically, uh, we need to become better humans. We need to become exponential humans in a world of exponential technology because you've really got to look at what a machine's good at and what a human's good at. And machines essentially are good at anything that is structured, repeatable, predictable. So if you think of any task, anything you do, and think about it and say, could the, is this structured, repeatable, predictable? Could I write down that essentially this is if this, then that? However complicated the if this, then that's are. If it is, that is something that either is already going, being done by machines or will be done by machines. So there's no point doing any work which is structured, repeatable, predictable. But what humans are good at... Fortunately for us, and certainly at the moment, even with the rise of ChatGPT and everything, this is still the case and probably will remain the case for quite a few years. What humans are good at are things like design, imagination, inspiration, creation, empathy, intuition, and innovation, abstract and critical thinking, collaboration, social intelligence, judgment. These are the primary human skills. And in a world where the machines are doing everything structured, repeatable, predictable, we need to be thinking about where do we add value. Author Alexandra Samuel isn't so sure, though. In an upcoming conversation for this podcast, she shared that she thinks that even most of these jobs will be significantly affected. That when I hear people say things like, oh, you have to invest in innovation skills, you have to invest in creativity, you need to learn to work with intuition and really lean into the things that are uniquely human. My reaction is that sounds like a good idea. That might buy you like six more months, <laughs> but the pace which these things are evolving, I'm not very confident that there's anything humans can do that people are going to continue to want to pay for, except possibly things that are physical. In the same conversation, Alexandra noted that we did this to ourselves. Especially in the past few years, we have digitized our jobs, making it easier for AI to take over. Alexandra concluded that perhaps there is only one thing that AI can't do. So honestly, like myself, the only thing I do for a living that I feel like, because I have kind of three careers, right? I'm a writer, I'm a speaker, I'm a data scientist slash you know, data journalist. The only piece of that that I really do not see AI being able to replace is the speaking, right? So who is right in this debate is still to be seen, but AI is guaranteed to disrupt how we work as it develops at breakneck speed. Even Sam Altman concluded after announcing impressive new features at OpenAI's Demo Day, what we just announced will look very quaint next year. So no matter to what degree our jobs will be impacted or even exist, this discussion is a call to action for all of us to experiment more with AI. 
Surprisingly, according to Microsoft data, especially Gen Z may need reassurance to use AI. Because while we might expect that the youngest working generation would be at the forefront of this technological shift, they are indeed falling behind. The data shows that 65% of Gen Z employees say that they don't have the right skills to meet the demands of the AI era, compared to 50% among baby boomers. In a Fortune article, Microsoft's Jared Spatero, who we heard before, suggests that to unlock the promised productivity gains of AI, we need to see it as a direct report rather than a search engine. And since management is all about getting things done through other people, we as managers and directors know exactly what it's like to think about a task for someone to execute, explain it to them, and then check the work. But for younger employees, this is new. So Jared makes a great point that we need to train younger employees on the manager mindset to get them comfortable in working with AI. And as leaders, we thrive when our teams do. So it would be wise for us to take action now and supercharge our teams with AI. I was thinking about how to wrap up this story while getting a haircut. Could it be that, no, anything is possible, but an AI cutting my hair? I don't think so, at least not for now. Too many professions are the physical work requiring physical presence that humans are uniquely good at. But after speaking to Alexandra, I am worried about anything in the digital realm. To stay ahead in the future of work, actively embracing the tools ourselves and training our teams to do the same will increase performance and hopefully enjoyment. See you next week while we all still have jobs like Tree, my hairdresser.